0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Pittsburgh Steelers are getting themselves a new offensive coordinator, and it sure sounds like it's all about getting back to good old-fashioned math football Joining me to talk about Arthur Smith coming on board from the Atlanta Falcons as their former head coach and the former offensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans. He covered Arthur Smith there when he was the OC of the Titans in Nashville. It's our good friend, John Burton, formerly of the fan here in Pittsburgh and my former colleague at channel four now at WNSR sports radio and news channel five television. JB great to have you on. What are the Stollers getting in Arthur Smith? Is it grand and pound for the next couple <laughs> years?
1: Well, it's actually a little bit more balanced than grand and pound, Timmy, because, you know, everybody points to, you know, the production Derek Henry had under Arthur Smith. And for good reason, right? He ran for 2,000 yards in 2020. He would have had he not got hurt in 2021, become the first running back ever to to have back to back 2,000 yard seasons. There's no doubt about it. But there is a lot of balance there too. You know, you go back to that 2020 season. Sure, Derek had over two thousand yards, but you know, AJ Brown had over a thousand yards receiving and Ryan Tannehill threw for thirty eight hundred yards, thirty-three touchdowns and seven interceptions. And, you know, that you know, obviously Arthur had a lot to work with and at the time probably one of the best offensive lines in football, with, you know, guys like Taylor Lewan and Ben Jones and Roger Saffold. So it was just a nice mix there. And uh, you know, it was one of the more exciting, productive offenses uh, in the NFL that season. So there, there's potential with the skilled players that the Steelers have to maybe not duplicate that all the way. I don't see Najee Harris, uh, you know, running for two thousand yards. But you know, with the with the skill players that the Steelers have, if this thing works the right way, you could actually see some exciting offense in Pittsburgh. And I know that hasn't been the case for a while.
0: Again, John Burton with us, and I should point out JB brought to us by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. We build decks year-round, booking in the spring and summer 2024. Take advantage of their current winter special, $1,000 off your new deck. If it's installed by March 1st of this year, go to gergerconstruction.com to get your free project estimate or go there to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Yeah, so I want to follow up on that thought, John, because I think that's where a lot of people's heads are with the hiring of Arthur Smith, which is, okay, Najee is the poor man's Derrick Henry. They've got at least three-fifths of the offensive line that they feel pretty good about. Um, Maybe Pickens can be what A.J. Brown was. Now, can Pickett be what Ryan Tannehill was in those two years? Like, what did Arthur Smith do to make Tannehill good for two seasons when he wasn't that great before. And he hasn't been that great since.
1: I would say the biggest thing, Tim, was probably a rhythmic and timing passing, uh, passing game, you know, under our system, you know, the quarterbacks are taught to throw to a spot and expect the receiver to be there. If they're not there, that's on them. That's not on you. And Ryan Tannehill got really comfortable with that. And also, a lot of use of the tight ends as well. You know, I mentioned the other guys, but Jonu Smith and Anthony are the two uh, tight ends, also were highly productive in Arthur Smith's offense. A lot of short passes, but the biggest thing they had going was with the threat of Derek in the backfield, you couldn't just necessarily walk your safeties up because it was a run-play-action offense, and Tannehill was really good with his ball fakes, and he was able to, you know, play-action pass to Derrick Henry and next thing you know, you got A.J. Brown hitting an over route or a crossing route and taking it 75 yards to the house. So it really, really made you, as a defensive coordinator, you know, unsure about how to line up to stop them. And I think that was the biggest threat.
0: Well, you just gave me one red flag. Precision route running so that the wide receivers are where the ball is supposed to be at the right time. That doesn't strike me as George Pickens' strongest suit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well that that yeah, that's gonna be an adjustment for the receivers and the tight ends. And also, you know, obviously Arthur Smith is a head coach. He it's pretty obvious he didn't do a very good job developing Desmond Ritter, and so it'll be interesting to see what he can do and will do with a young quarterback, assuming Kenny Pickett will be the starter again next year. And I guess that's the assumption. So he doesn't have a very good track record of working with young quarterbacks. You know, Ryan Tannehill got here. He was a veteran. You know, he had played a lot of games. He had, you know, led the Miami Dolphins to, a, to the playoffs one year. So that's going to be the biggest thing is how well these receivers adapt to this timing offense in the passing game and how well he can develop and how quickly he can develop a young quarterback like Kenny Pickett.
0: Expanding on that thought, developing Pickett where he didn't before with Ritter, and also, I guess getting to the skill position guys like Drake London and Kyle Pitts; those are two other guys that come to mind, and B. John Robinson too. Like, were you guys wondering in Nashville why those guys weren't being utilized in the manner that they should have? Because I know that was a big complaint coming out from Atlanta that these skill position guys that they efforted to get didn't reap the rewards that were expected in terms of targets or in terms of volume for B. John Robinson this year. Did you guys take notice of that in Nashville and wonder yourself the same questions?
1: Yeah, we sure did, Tim. That was the biggest head scratcher for a lot of us. Like you said, those are some pretty good skill players, you know, and you wonder why, like I said, a B. John Robinson didn't get more touches and get didn't get more involved, especially in the passing game. Obviously, he's a good runner, but a good receiver out of the backfield. You mentioned Drake London and Pitts and all these players. That was a big question mark. You you know, every now and then, I'd, I'd watch a Falcons game, and it looked like their offense was stuck in the mud, and it looked like Arthur really only had one way he was going to try and attack you. Whereas you know, during his days in Tennessee, there were multiple ways. You know, they this was a team. You know, under Arthur Smith, this was an offense that averaged well over 30 points a game. And it got to the point, especially during that 2020 year and 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 obviously the um, the previous year, where you felt like every time the Titans got the ball, they were going to score or at least get in position to score. You never felt that way, especially this year with the Atlanta Falcons under Arthur Smith. And that's a big reason why he's not there anymore. And, you know, I, I just remember that game at Carolina where they lost 9-7. to And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on here? So... That's a big reason why he's not in Atlanta anymore. But, uh, you know, you've seen this, Tim. You've been, you know, you've covered this league forever, as have I. Some guys just make better coordinators and head coaches. And, you know, now that Arthur will have his sole focus on developing the offense and perfecting it and working with the skill players that the Steelers have, that, you know, you could very well see better results than what you saw in Atlanta.
0: That's a good point, and that's something else I wanted to delve into. Again, John Burton with us, brought to us by Gerger Construction. John from WNSR Sports Talk down in Nashville, as well as News Channel 5, my former colleague at Channel 4 here in Pittsburgh, and you remember from the fan as well. Personality-wise, is he better suited to be a coordinator, too? I got the impression being in the spotlight and having media scrutiny and things of that sort maybe the excess of personnel decisions on both sides of the ball and being questioned about those decisions wasn't exactly what Arthur Smith really enjoyed about the game of football. Am I right reading that? Yeah, I think you
1: are. Yeah, that's not something he's comfortable with. You know, I think he likes to just grind. You know, he's a grinder. He's a self-made guy. You know, this is a guy that, you know, started off as a quality control guy and then you know, he was a tight ends coach here in Tennessee, survived three different coaching regimes because he was so well-liked. And, you know, he built a reputation as such a hard worker. He's he's not really into, you know, he's not a dynamic quote machine. You're not going to get, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron or never say never, but never quotes out of him. You know, he's a pretty straightforward <laughs> dude, you know. He well, that's, to-
0: that's true. You're not going to get Tomlin out of him, but it sure sounds like we might be getting another Mac Canada.
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. In terms he's of the a media straight, interaction.
0: I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's a straightforward dude. You'll see when you talk to him, you know, he he's, he's all about business. He's not about the glamour. He, he, you know, he's a grunt, he's a grunt, he's a grinder. You know, he likes to just watch film and come up with, you know, plays and game plans and that, and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, the Pittsburgh fans will love him because, you know, he's, he, even though he's a, he's a, you know, he's he's a rich kid, basically, second-generation rich kid. Well, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, you, just, across-
0: you said it, he's a self-made guy, which is a funny way to describe one of the nine kids of the FedEx throne. But I, yeah. <laughs> I guess I hear what you're talking about because, yeah, he did work his way up the ranks, up the coaching ranks, but it, it does sort of sound like he's a, a born-on-third-base kind of guy, what with the lineage and everything in his personal life. But you're saying that the work ethic from a coaching and football standpoint doesn't coincide with that? It's the opposite?
1: Yeah, I think I think the people that he's worked with have really really appreciated that because let's face it this guy could just hang out on a beach somewhere and get drunk every day of his life uh you know if he wanted to But, you know, he wanted to work his way up the coaching ranks. And, um, you know, he's built a really great reputation. Like, Vrabel loved him when he was here. Ken Wisenhunt loved him when he was here. Mike Malarkey loved him when he was here. So, uh, you know, when you're a position coach and you survive that many head coaching changes, you must be doing something right. You must be busting your ass, you know, getting things done.
0: Back to the Tannehill thing. Was it a lot of him staying between the tackles? Like you said, with a rhythmic timing offense that strikes me as you know get the snap wait for people to get open deliver the ball but then again he's also known as being an athletic quarterback like did he get out of the pocket and and boot and roll out because I would figure that would be a strength of Tannehill's that's sort of how I envision him but I also think Pickett can do that maybe should do that a little bit more how did that coincide with the rhythmic timing element of the offense that you're talking about
1: Yeah, there were some design boots and some design rollouts. And plus, you know, Tannehill was given the freedom. Hey, you don't like what you see, you can take off because, you know, in 20 and 21, he ran for a lot of touchdowns as well. Um, So, but he was awarded that freedom given the fact that he had such good command of the offense. It might be a wait and see situation with a guy like Pickett. But, uh, you know, Pickett is obviously a sneaky, mobile guy. And I could see Arthur taking advantage of some of that mobility as well.
0: What about Tannehill? Might he wind up here too? (laughs) Uh,
1: Who knows? I mean, he's, he's about to become a free agent. I can guarantee you he will not be back here in Tennessee. His time here is done. And, um, you know, they got really good quarterback play out of him for a number of years. And, you know, they won a couple of division titles and got to the AFC championship game one year and they were the number one seed, uh, in the AFC just a couple of years ago. And he played at times at a very high level. Um, The belief among many is that his skills have diminished. His arm strength isn't exactly where it uh, used to be. But from a leadership standpoint, from a veteran, been there, done that kind of guy, he might be a fit for a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. You never know. So um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, a guy that knows Arthur Smith's offense, a guy that could be brought in and either be a veteran backup or, you know, the starter if things don't work out with Kenny.
0: Lineman-wise, are we talking about big hog mollies or mobile guys? Like, what fits an Arthur Smith kind of lineman? Well, when
1: you're blocking for Derrick Henry, yeah, you want big, strong guys. Like I said, they had, you know, Ben Jones and and Taylor Lawan and, and Roger Saffold. Um, guys like that were big, strong, physical, mean, nasty guys. Um, you know, I think Arthur's the type of guy that could make any kind of offensive line or running game work depending on the personnel. But, you know, when he was here, yeah, he had big strong road graders in front and then you had a big hoss in the backfield like Derrick Henry, you know, the best running back of his uh, generation. And, you know, I should also say this, Tim, a lot of this, a lot of this offense, offensive production was done and your main running back was not considered and still isn't considered a three down back. So You know, that's, you know, Derrick Henry came off the field a lot on third down or second and long, and they were still able to get quality production even in the play action game. So, you know, that's a factor as well.
0: Yeah. The play action thing is something I'm looking forward to because that was a staple of his beliefs offensively, right?
1: Yeah. You know, you establish the run game with Derrick Henry and then you hit him over the top with play action, usually to A.J. Brown. And like I said, a lot of over routes, a lot of crossing routes or, or deep posts. Um, and, uh, that, that was very effective, you know, for, you know, a, the better part of two seasons.
0: Dear God, I hope he doesn't like to throw it short of the sticks like Matt Canada did.
1: <laughs> no, he likes to no, he likes his quarterbacks to drive the ball downfield. So, you know, um, it, it's all going to depend on again, who the quarterback is and, and how the, how much they pick up the offense. But yeah, if it's, th- if it's third and six, you're not going to see a lot of four yard passes.
0: All right, so last thing. Derek Henry, how much of the success of the run game offense was because it's Henry? Is that going to translate to Najee? You know, Najee's a good back. You know, there's there's debate over Najee getting the fifth-year option. I think they probably will and probably should. Fifth-year option for a running backs not that expensive. It's going to be like $6 million. It's like 3% of the cap. Right. But, like, right. the combo of Jalen Warren and Najee, I mean I'm not saying could that be Derrick Henry cuz you used the phrase and I think appropriately so best running back of his generation. Uh, I guess all the stats and all the all the praise that he's going to get for designing a great rush attack is it really that great of a rush attack or did he just have a great running back?
1: Uh yes to both. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say yes to both. I mean, listen, you know, it's, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it, it, it makes an offensive coordinator's life a lot easier when you can turn around and hand in number 22, right? It keeps you ahead of the sticks because, you know, it's 6 3, it's kind of like, you know, JB back in the day, you know, you get a three yard gain, you fall forward for another three yards. Next thing you know, it's second and four. Um, but, you know, you have two very skilled running backs. Uh, that he'll have a chance to work with. And plus both are, I would consider three down backs. So that opens up things a lot more. So yeah, I would say yes to both. I think his running game is, has a good design to it. Um, You know, it's more of a power attack, but I think he's versatile enough as an OC. If he has to go to more of a zone running, running, running scheme, he can do that. You know, he'll do, I think he'll do a good job of evaluating what talent he has, but yeah, I mean, you, know, you have Derrick Henry back there. That's going to help any offense. There's no question.
0: Oh, Jesus. You just said it. Now I'm going to have to deal with this. Hey, uh, with this Arthur Smith coming in, he likes to run the ball and that. You, you think Jerome might come out of retirement? <laughs>
1: you no, know, and Hines can come out of the retirement and block for him. because you know, We all know he, he would have made a great fullback because he was such a great blocker. So there you go.
0: JB, thanks, man. Great catching up with you. And um, I'll send you a check for doing this interview, but I'll send it FedEx just so it comes from Arthur indirectly. How about that? Sounds good. (laughs) John Burton, formerly of Channel 4 and 93.7 The Fan here in Pittsburgh, WNSR down in Nashville, and, of course, uh, News Channel 5 down in Nashville. Great to catch up with him on our Breakfast with Benz podcast on the Fans First Network, brought to you by Gerger Construction.